and welcome to this week's Innovation Forum Briefing, a regular preview to what's coming up. I'm Ian Welsh. Innovation Forum has been working with Nestle on developing a 90-minute regenerative agriculture webinar at the end of April. To hear more about that and some other projects, I spoke with my colleague Tanya Richard. First though, I'm joined as ever by Innovation Forum's B. Stevenson, who once again has been looking ahead to what's coming up this week. Welcome to this week's briefing, B. Hi, Ian. What's coming up this week? This week will be the annual spring meetings of the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund in Washington, D.C. These meetings bring together stakeholders, including central bankers, ministers of finance and development, parliamentarians, private sector, civil society organizations, etc., etc. They discuss issues of global concern, including the world economic outlook, poverty eradication, economic development and aid effectiveness, obviously all with the backdrop of climate change and the climate crisis at this point. What's the focus for this year? Naturally, there'll be a strong focus on climate change and sustainable development, with the overall theme being reshaping development for a new era. So there'll be a lot of live webcasts and virtual seminars that people can join online. The first of this is kicking off with the discussion on the complex challenges facing the global economy overall, called The Way Forward, Building Resilience and Reshaping Development. And this will feature the World Bank Group President David Malpass and the IMF Managing Director Kristalina Georgieva. And they'll talk about the overlapping challenges of stubborn inflation, climate change threatening lives and livelihoods, and Russia's war in Ukraine, amongst others. And we'll also be seeing more focused discussions on the developing world. There's one on climate finance in sub-Saharan Africa and the need for the international community to support climate change adaptation and mitigation in this area. And also another one on a low-carbon future for the Middle East and Central Asia. What are the options? There's always some interesting sessions at the World Bank and IMF meetings. And it's good to know that some of them are available for the public, aren't there? There's some live webcasts and virtual seminars. Exactly. Where can our listeners go to find these? Is it, I guess you just Google World Bank meetings and they'll all be there. Yep, do it. Google World Bank meetings, spring meetings, it'll all be there. Okay, well, if you've got a few spare hours this week, listeners, then perhaps something worth looking out for. The second thing we're going to talk about is perhaps more of a reflection than anything else. Obviously, this briefing is coming out on a Tuesday this week because of the Easter holiday, which we're based in the UK. So in the UK, Easter is a long weekend holiday. Obviously, Easter celebrated in many places around the world. And it's a holiday that's become linked with sharing chocolate gifts. And there's always a lot to talk about in the chocolate and cocoa sector. We'll be talking a lot about these issues at the Future of Food conferences coming up from Innovation Forum in the coming weeks. Anyway, B, let's have a quick chat about cocoa then. Hit me with some cocoa and chocolate stats. Sure. Well, just to contextualise the magnitude of chocolate purchasing at Easter. In the US, the average consumer is expected to spend around $170 on Easter gifts and celebrations this year, totaling around $20.8 billion dollars. And a whopping 90% of this is expected to be spent only on Easter chocolate and candies as well. So the main issues, obviously, with chocolate, aside from the obvious packaging and non-recycled packaging problem at Easter, is to do with traceability. So around 40% of the world's cocoa is still purchased indirectly through intermediaries so that the buyer doesn't know which farm it came from, so that they don't have data on sourcing regions, which obviously makes it very difficult to understand the on-the-ground impact of your chocolate in terms of child labour, worker wage and treatment, and of course, deforestation. Linked to deforestation, around 75% of the world's cocoa comes from West Africa, with Cote d'Ivoire and Ghana, the leading producers. 
in the last 60 years, these two countries have lost around 94% and 80% respectively of their forests, with at least one third of forest lost to make way for the expanding cocoa production. Very much a growing issue to this day. Worth saying that there's lots on the cocoa sector on the Innovation Forum podcast channels. If you go to the search function on the Innovation Forum website, I've done a lot of interviews with people related to the cocoa sector in West Africa. Of course, a major issue is farmer livelihoods. A lot of the people that produce cocoa are smallholder farmers with very low incomes. So the big issue that a lot of the big chocolate brands have been looking at, of course, is trying to increase the farmer income across their supply chains. It's a big sector, and as I said, we will be talking a lot about it at Innovation Forum's Future Food Conferences, coming up in Amsterdam, beginning of May, and in Minnesota a few weeks thereafter. B, it's been great talking to you. See you next time. Thanks, Ian. The Innovation Forum team is working hard on developing our 2023 spring conference season. Over the coming weeks, until the end of June, we'll be discussing sustainable apparel and textiles, the future of food, and business and climate action on scope 3 emissions. Outside of our main conference programme, the Innovation Forum team also develops a number of bespoke events and workshops and other research and reports. To talk about the sorts of projects we get involved in, I caught up with Innovation Forum's Head of Research and Stakeholder Engagement, Chanya Rishar. Welcome, Tanya. Thank you, Ian. Nice to be here. Why don't you highlight what sort of projects you've been working on? Yeah, it's been a fun couple of years, Ian. Basically, how it started, companies that know us from our conferences mainly kept coming to us and wanting to discuss how they can use our network, um, the audience that we have, the relationships that we have with different people across the value chain, across geographies, across industries. And coupled with our ability to facilitate discussions, bring the right audience, bring the right people into the right discussions, and help them more directly on their sustainability projects. And from there, we've been working on very interesting projects that's been keeping us really busy. Depending on the objectives of the company, from what we've seen, it's been focused on various different formats and different objectives. Some of them, it's all about thought leadership. Others, about awareness raising on a new strategy or a project, building relationships with important stakeholders in their network. Some of all focus around due diligence and accountability or workshops, for example, to generate knowledge and get feedback more directly in sort of a one-to-one system. Really, it's just companies that are trying to have better relationships with their network, work better with their network, be better at talking about what they're, the great work that they're doing, and we can provide that platform for them. I thought it'd be a good time for us to have a chat about this because we've got a really interesting event coming up on the 27th of April where we're going to be working with Nestle and talking about implementing regenerative agriculture at scale. Do you want to talk a bit about what we're doing on the 27th? One particular one, I guess, to highlight right now is this virtual event that's taking place on April 27th where we're working with Nestle and basically focused on taking a closer look at some of the work that they've done following their announcement a few years ago on their pledge to source 50% of their ingredients regeneratively by 2030. Sort of a one and a half hour event with fantastic case studies from Vietnam and Chile, really getting the voices from the ground that are really working on this directly and having this two-way dialogue. The audience gets to ask questions and Nestle will be there to answer them and just highlighting the work that they've done since this announcement. We've already let our audience and network know about it, but for anyone listening, if you also wanted to join, there's a link on our website under audio. 
We'll put a link in the briefing description as well for to join us. It's very much worth joining. 90 minutes hearing from experts at Nestle and their stakeholders around some of the regenerative agriculture successes they've had. Very, they're very keen to share the successes, so it's very, it'd be interesting to hear all about it. I'm looking forward to very much. Anything else coming up, Tanya? A lot of it is working directly with companies. So a lot of it, again, depends on the projects, but a lot of it is sort of workshops, closed door, bringing those people into a group around a key issue that the company is facing or focusing on white papers and research on answering a question for them. All these projects are co-created with them. And I can't think of anything that I can announce just yet. A lot of it is closed door, but keep an eye out. And there's always more information on our website otherwise. These projects are all done on a very much a bespoke basis and a project by project basis. All right, Tanya, thanks very much indeed. If anyone's interested in hearing more about this, get in touch with Tanya directly or me or any of the Innovation Forum team and we'll point you in the right direction. Thank you, Tanya. Perfect. Thank you, Ian. The webinar with Nestle is at 2pm British Summer Time, 3pm Central European Time on Thursday 20th 7th of April and it's free to attend and open to all. I hope you can join us. This week's podcast features some more reflections from the recent Responsible Sourcing and Ethical Trade Conference and an interview with a leading manufacturer of recycled textile fibres, so do look out for that later in the week. That's it for now. Have a great week and goodbye.